Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast. I am your host, Miss Lisa Amanda McFall, and this is my podcast. Um, listen, I wanted to create a podcast for so long. I've been having this idea, but you know what? I believe that everything happens in God's time, right? So let me just tell you guys a little bit about me. Um, I am the author of the book, Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl, and we actually are going to talk about that book um, a little bit today. Um, but before we do that, let me just introduce myself. <clears throat> so, I am a singer, a songwriter, a worship leader. In fact, I just released um, my first ever single, y'all. I am like officially a gospel recording artist. Woo! Right, I'm gonna ask Charles to put in some hand clapping in the back there, right? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so the name of my song is Never Let Go. Um, you guys can find it anywhere, streaming, wherever you stream your music. Just go ahead, listen, support, like, support me. I'm gonna support you. Um, all right, what else can I tell you guys about myself? I am, I said, a worship leader, singer, songwriter. Um, of course, I'm an author. I'm a mother of two beautiful kids, y'all. I love my children so much. Um, what else? I am really tight on family. I am a nursing student. Y'all, like, my plate is full. And I also run a small business with my sister where we bake cakes called Two Sisters Bakery. Um, what else? I feel like there are so many more things that I am missing out. Oh, I attend one of the greatest churches on the planet. That's Judas House Ministries with my, with the greatest pastors, y'all. That's pastors Audra and Brian Bain. Um, you guys should hit us up whenever you get a chance, whenever you are in Nassau, Bahamas. All right. So I think that's enough introduction. I don't think that there's anything else. If there is, it'll come to me and we'll talk about it. But most importantly, far above everything else, um, one thing I for sure can say about myself is that I am a Christian. I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I um, accepted Christ as my personal savior from a really young age. Um, I believe in God, the Father, the Son, and I believe in Holy Spirit. And I feel like without them, I am nothing. And I know that people talk about religion and we feel like, you know, it doesn't take all that. But honestly, I can say that if like, you know, old people would say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, listen to me, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I honestly don't know where I would be. I have no idea. And I could never sit here or stand here and say that, you know, it doesn't take all that. Because for me, it does. Like, y'all, I just, I love me some Jesus. I'm a Jesus girl. And I'm okay with that. <clears throat> all right. So those are my, that was my introduction. My likes and dislikes. Eh, I guess I, I'm kind of like a kind of easygoing person. I think my major dislike would be like really mean people. Or people who just like... Like crappy people who just mean going around being mean for no reason. I don't like bullies and I don't like eggs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I talk about my kids. I talk about my church. And I said I'm in nursing school, right? I am in a third, I'm a third year nursing student. Um, a little bit about me. Fun fact, I wanted to be a nurse um, for as long as I could remember. I wanted to be a nurse probably from the fourth grade. 
And I remember my teacher at the time, she was like, you know, what do you guys want to be? And a few girls did stand up and say they wanted to be a nurse. And when she asked, was there a reason for wanting to be a nurse? Many of them would say, oh, because I just like to help people. And to be honest with you, I always hated that. Um, (laughs) I could never resonate with that reason for wanting to be a nurse. Like, that's not why I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse because I like to know things. I enjoy pathophysiology, and that is like the, the study of why a disease works the way it does. Like, patho means disease, and physiology means how it works, right? So I love how those things come together. And then I like pharmacology because when you find out like what we call the mechanism of action, like how a a drug works, you realize that they go hand in hand with pathophysiology. So I, I like to know how things work. I don't, I'm not a surface level type of person. And sometimes my sister, shout out to Tamika, she kind of says like, you know, it's not that serious. Like, but for me it is. Like, I feel like there is an underlying cause for every single thing, for everything that we do. And I guess I was always like this deep philosopher from the fourth grade. (laughs) But nonetheless, I am who I am. And so a little bit about my book, Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl. Um, I'm not going to give too much information about it because, of course, I want you guys to go ahead and read it. Um, But last February, so February 2022, I released this book. And y'all, I was in the right. It was in the writings for a long time. I started to write this book in 2015, maybe. And I remember I received a prophetic word from someone who I was close with at the time. I mean, it wasn't no beef. We still cool. But, you know, life happens. And, you know, he was like, I I know that you are writing a book. He didn't know this, clearly, but because I never had the conversation with him. But he was like, but the Lord says that you are still, like the story is still being written. So the, the book is going to come in time, but the time wasn't yet. And I'm so grateful that I received that word because like my book at the time, if I compare what it was back then to what it is now, I was not nearly as healed. I hadn't experienced half of the things that I have gone through and that I was able to testify about in my book. Um, so nonetheless, like I said, I'm not going to talk about it too, too much in depth, but um, so my book starts out um, in the introduction where I was. I would talk about how I had such low self-esteem and I had these, like sometimes I, I would have these visions of myself doing things, doing amazing things, like standing on stages and singing songs and talking to people and, and motivating people. And then like I would just feel this fear or like this really nasty bully of a voice that would tell me, you know, that's not for you. Like that's, that could never be you. You have too much damage. You have too many stains. You are so imperfect. And I believe that at the time it was God showing me those visions, like like little reminders in between the dust, in between the hard times and in between the fog that would constantly sit on my mind, the, the constant worry, the constant anxiety, the constant fear. Like sometimes whenever, you you know, like when 
when it's a cloudy day and like the clouds would cover the sky and like every so often as the world spins, as the earth spins and the clouds move out of the way, you would get a peak of the sun. I believe that God's voice was like the peak of sunshine for me in those really dark days. And so I would, um, I would, I would hold on to those visions that I saw that God would let me see. And here I am now today with my very own podcast. But anyway, y'all. So like chapter one, in chapter one, I spoke about like something that was so disturbing, y'all. So when I was a child, so anywhere between four and seven, for some reason, I could never remember the age, but I remember being molested, y'all. And it was something that I knew wasn't supposed to happen. But I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. And it stuck with me, y'all. And it was so, it was bad. But after a while of me not telling people, but not, not telling my mom, not telling my dad, I realized that it, it, it started to like show its ugly head. And in my behaviors and the things that I did, the things that I, I wanted to pursue, it, it was really, it was messed up. And one of the things that still kind of hurts me the most to this day, even though I'm in therapy for it and everything, like one of the things that still hurts me to this day is the fact that whenever people read my book, they would come to me and they would say, hey, that part resonated with me the most. And that's the part that hurts the most because there are so many people who experienced such a heinous act. And there are people who experienced it even worse. And the truth be told, they're probably still experiencing it to this day. And like, that sucks. I hate that. I hate that part so much. Like, that's the one part of my story that I hate that people can resonate with. But nonetheless, y'all, um, and I remember being like, in and out of just toxic relationships. And I remember the most toxic relationship I had, though, was the one that I had with myself because for so long, I let that thing just sit there and eat at me and eat me alive. And so now, as an adult, I try not to let um, negative thoughts um, influence I'm really bad. Like emotions, I try not to hold on to them for too long. Like if you do something to me, I'd rather come to you and talk to you about it. Because if I let that sit and fester, it's going to spill over into every other area of my life. So anyway, so here I am, you know, as a child um, and as a teenager struggling with these thoughts and these feelings and it really kind of opened me up y'all like you know how people would say um oh these little girls they so fast they so forward like no sometimes kids are just exposed and you should check the leak like find out really why what's going on and so here I am like in and out in and out of these toxic relationships um with a really open sexual desire at such a young age y'all like I was wilding <laughs> And although I did not, I didn't lose my virginity until like, what, 16, 17? I, y'all, I speak about it in my book. Like, if y'all think, like, right now, I say it a little too much, please go read my book. <laughs> but anyway, so I lost my virginity at, what, 16? And it's because I thought I was in love. I thought that I found, I finally found this one person who could understand me and see me. Like, you know, 
one of my favorite Disney movies, Aladdin. I can show you the world. Like, y'all, I I was Princess Jasmine and he was Aladdin. Like, because I grew up in a church and my parents, like, traditional church people, y'all. My daddy was a reverend. My mommy was a youth leader and Sunday school teacher. So, like, I was kind of (laughs) sheltered. And so he was, like, Aladdin. He knew the world. He knew everything. And... You know, he was going to whisk me away and we were going to live happily ever after on his flying magic carpet because finally he was the person who was supposed to rescue me from myself, from the toxic relationship that I had with myself. It didn't happen. (laughs) It did did not work. It absolutely did not work. Um, And what happened was, so like, you know, we started, we were in love, y'all. Like we were in love. And... My parents and like people around us would call it puppy love, but the truth be told, at 30 years old, well, I'm not 30 yet, I'm 29. I'll be 30 in October. But at 29, I feel like it wasn't puppy love. Like I, I feel like it was real. Um, but it was real for what we knew it to be. It was still toxic, though. Um, but anyway, y'all, so at what, 6, 14, 15? Okay, so about 16... I lost my virginity. And the moment we started having sex, y'all, like, things just went haywire. I mean, emotions that I didn't even know I had was just all over the place. Like, jealousy, insecurity, and, like, this obsessive desire to just want to be up under him all the time. And, like, now I understand why God doesn't want us to be out here um, sleeping around and fornicating, especially with, with people who you're not married to because there's a desire that comes that comes to us, you know, and it, it just wants us to be, we just want to be all up underneath the person, right? So anyway, y'all, 16, I'm, I'm not going to give all the story away. Like, go get the book. Go get the book. I can jump over 16. I'll go to 18. So 18 is when I was pregnant with my first daughter, my child, my daughter. She's, she's 10 now. She's a beautiful girl, y'all. She's bougie. Um, but it was hard. And it was really hard. And that is when I first started to experience um, shame for what it really was. And like that's that's really the basis of my book, Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl. Because um, last year when I was when I first released the book, I got this newspaper interview and what they were like, you know what? The theme of it was breaking the shackles of shame or something like that. Um, you know, and I experienced so much shame surrounding my pregnancy, y'all. It was it was horrible. I couldn't go to church. My parents were disappointed. Um, my all of my other family members were disappointed. It was like talk of the town, y'all. Like it was horrible. It was as if like people were just talking about me like I didn't exist. Like I would be right there, and people would just be like bashing me because of the decision that I made. And and granted, it was not a really good decision to make, but um, that was one particular point in my life that I felt that I was alone, that I did not really have someone there with me to hold my hand and say, you know what, it's going to be okay. And now that I look back um, in hindsight, because like this is when I was 18, I'm 29 now, truth be told, I did have people around me But because I was so hurt and because I felt like I deserved to be in isolation, even those people who were there to show me that they loved me, I pushed them away. 
I pushed them away. And of course, throughout the entire um, series of this podcast, I will talk further about my book. But I wanted to just talk about that particular part today. And like, I, I, we still don't wrap up because this is the first one. I don't want to like talk all your head off in the first one, maybe the second and third and fourth and so on. But the one thing I wanted to leave with you guys is that maybe the reason why you run to isolation um, when things are going hard is because there was a time when you needed people and you felt like you couldn't depend on anybody. And I actually, like that um, revelation came to me recently when I was going through like a hard time trying to plan my year and trying to like set my goals. And I I realized that all the people who were there for me and who wanted to be there for me, like I, I would push them away. <laughs> and I, I, that's not something I, I just started doing. Like I was doing that, like I said, from, from back then. And coming into that realization, like I'm, I'm grateful for Holy Spirit. I'm grateful for therapy, y'all. Like shout out to my therapist. One day I'm going to tell y'all her name, but until then I want to keep her all to myself. But um, yeah, she told me, she was like, you know what, could it be the reason why you push people away is because you 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 feel like you're better off by yourself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm better off by myself because I could control what I do. I could control what comes to me. And you know what? Maybe, like maybe that's not what life is about. Maybe life is about going through hard situations, but having people to depend on. And like there are so many people in the world who don't have people to love them. And like as I sit here, I remember there was this um this one lady at my at my old church when I first found out I was pregnant, she was like maybe thirty. Well she was about to be thirty. So she was probably she was she was probably the age that I am right now. And you know what? I confided in her and Whatever. And like after my parents found out that I was pregnant and my life just went upside down, she still tried to reach out to me. She still was trying to say, hey, you know what? I got you. And I feel like she did it in a way that she knew best. But I was so, I was just so messed up mentally that I wasn't able to like receive the love that she was trying to give me I was never rude to her but in my mind I was like well I can't trust you I can't trust none of y'all church people so like forget all y'all I'm not gonna let anybody ever again close to me and like she she wanted to love she wanted to give me love she wanted to be to me the the thing that she needed when she was younger and going through the same situation but it took me a while to let her do that. And even still, like, she um, she was always there. And what sucks the most is that, uh, like, a, maybe a, two years later, yeah, two years later, because on my daughter's second birthday, I remember she had just died two days prior. And that was painful because like, she was, she, she would still send me messages. She would still encourage me. We would still go for drives in her car. And like, she passed away at 30. I remember she was leading praise and worship and she just passed out on a Sunday. And by Tuesday, Wednesday, she was gone forever. And like that, that's probably the most painful thing that I ever 
that was probably the most painful thing ever. And now, every time I think about her, like, I know she would be so happy to hear my song, to read my book, to hear my podcast. And so every time I think about her and how, like, I'm about to be 30, and I, I thank God for long life and health and strength, but, like, I try now to be to other people what she was to me. And I wish that I, I had accepted her love a little bit more, you know? Like, I don't have many regrets, but I think that that's probably one of them. Because, like, now that I'm in this space and in, in, in this mindset and this level of spiritual and emotional maturity, I know that she probably had the same intentions that I do right now. And so whenever people come to me, like they want to talk or they need somebody, they need a shoulder to lean on, I try to be that. I try to be there, you know? Anyway, y'all, before I start crying in the studio and Charles got to come running here and like give me some tissue because I balled up in a fetal position, I think we're going to end there today. But I, I just want to leave that with you. Like two things. <laughs> Charles showed me a Wendy's napkin, y'all. <laughs> but I want to leave with you guys just two things today. And the first one is, like, there are people out there who want to give you the love that you need and deserve and desire. People with unhidden motives and, like, they don't have some ulterior motive to want to try and kill you. Like, there are really still some good people with pure hearts and pure intentions out there. And my my thing that I want to leave with you is to let let them love you. Like, don't isolate yourself just because it's something that you used to doing. Like, let people love you because you are worthy of love. Like, you are, you are beautiful. You are strong. You are, you are deserving of love. You are loved. You are a child of the Most High God. And God is love. God loves you. And the second thing is, if there is somebody that you can show love to, go ahead and, and, and love on them a little bit harder today. But anyway, that is the first ever episode, y'all, of Confessions of a Church Girl podcast. My name is Lisa A. McBall, and I am your host. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye.